Hey there, Agility friend. If you've listened to a few of my podcast episodes, you know that I'm a huge fan of something called growth mindset. You can have access to the best instruction in the world, and you can have the best dog in the world and the best skills in the world. But if you don't have a solid mindset and approach to the challenges that sport and life are going to toss your way, you're not going to be able to really make the most of all of those bests that you have, you know, best instruction, best dog, best skills, all that stuff. I'm so passionate about the importance of our mindset when it comes to dog agility and really everything in life that I've written an ebook about growth versus fixed mindset, what the hallmarks of those two mindsets are, and how one can really propel you along your agility journey, and one may really be holding you back, maybe without you even being aware of it. That ebook is not for sale anywhere, but it is available for free to subscribers of my email list. So if you're curious about what a growth mindset is, what a fixed mindset is, and how to ensure that you've got the right mindset for making the most of your dog agility training and handling journey, head to podcast.theagilitychallenge.com and scroll down till you see the link to subscribe to my email list and get that ebook. It's totally free and it's a game changer. Check it out today at podcast.theagilitychallenge.com. This is the Agility Challenge Podcast with Daisy Peel. You're listening to Episode 9. Welcome to the Agility Challenge Podcast. I'm your host, Daisy Peel. Join me as I talk about everything related to the mental side of the sport of dog agility. If you've ever felt overwhelmed by negative self-talk or lack of confidence, or if your dog training to-do list seems so long that you don't even know where to get started, then this podcast is for you. For more podcast episodes, training content, and coaching from me, head to www.theagilitychallenge.com, where members get access to monthly training and handling challenges, in addition to league play and a whole lot more. Let's dive in with today's episode. Hey there, everybody. I've really been enjoying all of the feedback and comments and emails that I've been getting about the podcast and how much you're benefiting from it. Keep those comments coming. We've had some great discussions, especially in my Agility Challenge office hours, which is a benefit to Agility Challenge All Access Pass members. Uh, We have office hours once a week where they can join for about an hour and we just talk about whatever people want to talk about. And we've had some really good office hours discussions recently about past podcast episodes and also things that I have definitely added to my list of things to discuss in future episodes. So if you have a question or a comment, head to podcast.theagilitychallenge.com and share your thoughts. And I'll definitely be listening and taking your requests into account for future episodes. Today, I want to talk about something that I get asked about repeatedly. It's something that I think a lot of us, um, it's a behavior that a lot of us engage in on both ends of it, and that is other people's opinions. The thing that I get asked about repeatedly is how to deal with other people's opinions. And I think it's important to note that a lot of us, probably most of us, spend a lot of our lives trying to control other people's opinions about us, either by changing our own behavior or trying to directly change other people's behavior. And if you think about it, and I come back to this topic a lot, social media has gone a long way, I think, in terms of leading us to believe that if we just post the perfect picture or if we just post the perfect run 
or if we just put the right filters on things, or if we just make the most amazing posts ever, then we can control how other people think about us. We can control their opinions about us. And that's just not the case. And we're going to talk about that in depth today. Um, because I, I think a lot of us, if you ask yourself these questions, I think you'll answer pretty similarly. A lot of us spend a lot of time thinking, what is this person or these people going to think about me? Will they think I'm a bad handler? Will they think I'm a bad trainer? Do I look silly wearing these running pants? What will my instructor think? Uh, what will my friends think? What will my students think if I am an instructor? You know, what will insert community member or loved one here? What will they think of you? It's important to remember that you can't control other people's opinions of you. You can't control their minds. You can't even know what they're thinking. And honestly, most other people can't even control their own minds. So how can we expect to control their minds for them? You can't control whether people think you're good at something or bad at something or fast or slow or cool or successful or anything. Regardless, a lot of our lives can be spent trying to change who we are to make sure that other people have a good opinion of us. And one of the interesting things I think about stepping to the line in our sport, whether it's at a class or a seminar or a workshop or a fun run or a run through or a competition is that the moment you step into the ring, any efforts that you have made trying to craft your self image or your image so that other people have a good opinion of you are you just can't take those into the ring with you. Going into the performance ring is pretty um, revealing which is why a lot of us feel pretty vulnerable because you're you just have to take all of those clothes off and all of that makeup off and all of that gear off all of that armor off and just leave it ringside you just can't take it into the ring with you because you can't pretend or hide your way around a course with your dog you'll never know what other people are thinking really you'll never know what your dog is thinking really and when it comes to other people and their thoughts it's really helpful to remember that not only will you never know truly what other people are thinking, but it's really none of our business what goes on in those other people's heads. And the moment that you step into the ring, it's really not appropriate to even try and take that into the ring with you. Not in your backpack, not in that mental backpack that I've talked about, not in your mind. Just you just you have to take those thoughts like clothing, like a jacket. You have to take it off before you go into the ring. Just remember, it's really none of my business what people think. I can't control it. But what I can control is how I step into the ring and how can I be of service for my dog in this moment. And when you remember and realize that it's none of your business, it's none of my business what goes on in your head, it can be pretty liberating so long as you can keep that in mind. So I want you to think about this situation and I want you to kind of frame things this way. I want you to see yourself as a constant. If you walk into the ring with your dog and 10 people are standing outside the ring watching your run, they all see the same run. If their opinion of that run, of your performance, was actually based on what you did in the ring, what you did, how you handled, you'd have 10 people with the same opinion of your run. They all see the same run. You're with the same dog. They all see the same handling. They all see you wearing the same clothes. But we all know that that just doesn't happen. What happens is 
10 people watch your run and 10 people have 10 different opinions about you and your run because their opinions are about them and not you. You know, you may look like their high school teacher, their high school science teacher, and they really hated science. So they look at you and think, ew. You may look like their best friend or their favorite childhood friend, and they just love you and they can't even say why. You might remind them of their mother-in-law. They might hate what you're wearing. They might love what you're wearing. And you can't control any of that. They may think that you're awesome because you have the same shoes or a dog from the same breeder, or they might think you're terrible because you have a dog from another breeder. Um, You know, who even knows what is going on in the minds of those 10 people that lead them to form 10 different opinions based on their experience and what's going on in their mind of your run. Some of the time, and maybe a lot of the time, maybe less now than when you were younger, you probably spent some time trying to put your best foot forward so that people would have the best opinion possible when it came to forming opinions about you. But again, that's just not possible in the competition ring. When you walk into the ring at a, and I say competition ring, but it's any ring. When you walk into that arena and you're by yourself, you get what you trained, you get what you worked for, and the rest is just people will have whatever opinion they will of you. You can't You know, you can wear nice clothes so that fashion first and maybe people won't notice if your run gets tanked. But but realistically, when you go in the ring, any pretending or any um, I kind of like to think of it as feathers and makeup, you know, any any tribal warrior gear that you put on or armor that you put on, you have to leave it behind. You just can't operate with it in the ring. And so that can feel very vulnerable. We, we, we head to the ring wondering what other people are going to think, and we come out of the ring wondering what other people are going to think, when we're really never going to know what people think. And we certainly can't control what they think. And what they think is largely based on them. It has nothing to do with us. Just like when you're watching a run. You might be watching somebody else run a course, but nine times out of ten, you're really just thinking about how that's going to apply to you. Um, somebody actually did that to me this last weekend. They walked out of the ring. I was standing ringside. I was watching their run. They asked me what happened at a particular point in their run. And I just had to say, I'm really sorry. I didn't see that. And the reason I didn't see it was that even though my eyeballs were pointed right at the run, really, I was just thinking about, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, how is this going to play out for my dog and me? So that's what a lot of us are doing. And it's important to remember that, that you can't control what people are thinking. You can't know what they're thinking. And besides, what they're thinking really has a lot less to do with you than them or us, because we all do it. We're all human. So you step into the competition ring. You kind of have to leave that behind. You feel kind of naked. You feel kind of vulnerable. And most of us really want to show up. And I say that in quotes, you know, show up in life, show up to training, show up to handling, show up to the competition, happy, interested, engaged, enthusiastic, or something like that. And a lot of the time, we're not even sure if that's who we are. I I might want to get up in the morning and go to the show happy and engaged and ready to listen. But really what I might be is tired, grumpy, a little dehydrated, all of that stuff. And whether or not it's the real me showing up, whether or not it's the real us showing up, um, we we need to make sure that 
it's not just some version of us that we think other people will like most because ultimately that's not going to be real fulfilling because again I just keep looping right back to it to remind you guys you don't know what people are thinking you can't control what other people are thinking and what they're thinking is about them anyways and when I say them I mean us so if you let what you think other people's opinions of you are get in your head it can really distract you from actually showing up for your dog and for your performance in the ring. So how do you get around that? Well, I've talked before about um, fear and anxiety, and instead of resisting them, acknowledging them and putting them in your little mental backpack and carrying them along for the ride, this one you do not need to carry with you. Really, you just have to give people permission to do what they're going to do anyways, and that is have whatever opinion of you they want. Remember, you're the constant, but that's it. The 10 people or the 50 people or the 1,000 people watching your run will have as many opinions as people that are based solely on the lens that they see you through. So give other people permission to judge you. Give other people permission to have opinions of you. Give other people permission to not like what you're doing in the ring with your dog or to like it, or to love it, or to hate it, whatever. I don't like everybody. I don't like the way everybody trains or handles their dogs. I don't like everybody's politics. I don't like everybody's choice of breed. I don't like all breeds of dogs. I don't even like all puppies. There, I said it. I don't like all puppies. But it's totally okay to have preferences. And I'm not going to be rude about it. I'm not going to walk up to somebody who clearly loves their puppy of a breed that I don't much care for and say, oh my gosh, I hate those kinds of dogs. I'm not going to do that because that's just, that's just being a jerk, but it's totally okay to have preferences. And like I said, I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but I can have preferences and you can have preferences and they can be different and that's totally fine. And your preferences, your opinions of me and my opinions of you, they don't define our value as people. So you have to give people permission to have the opinions they're going to have anyways. And recognize that just because somebody doesn't like you or what you're doing or have a good opinion of what you're doing in or outside of the ring, it doesn't necessarily make you wrong in what you're doing. And it doesn't make you a bad person. And I say doesn't necessarily because there are some caveats to that. Um, There are a few opinions that I am going to listen to more than others. And usually what I tell people is if you take a piece of, sticky note. If you take a post-it note and in my hand, I've got a post-it note that's maybe two inches by two inches. If you cut that into four pieces so that you have a one inch by one inch post-it note and you write three names on that post-it note, that's about the number of people probably whose opinions you should listen to and really take to heart. You might have a list a little bit longer than that, but certainly the 10 random people sitting around the ring watching your run do not go on your post-it note list of people whose opinions you're really going to listen to. If you don't want to hang around me, that's totally fine. There are billions of people on the planet. There are a lot of people doing dog agility. And we, while we have one thing in common, and that is our love of dog agility, we don't really need to all be best friends. We need to be kind to one another and work to get along. And a lot of my opinions I might keep to myself because they're my opinions and they, I don't want them to affect your opinion of yourself and they shouldn't. So again, All of this that I'm talking about is having your own preferences and having your own opinions is a far cry 
from going out of your way to be mean to somebody. So I just want to make sure we're all on board with that right up front. What I'm talking about is the anxiety and brain power that you're wasting on what you think other people's opinions are of you. That moment when you go to step into the ring and your brain is just on spin cycle thinking, what are they going to think of me? 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 And then you're just paralyzed and you can't actually execute. That's what I'm talking about. And so in your mind, giving people, you know, what are they going to think of me? What are they going to think of me? Well, wait a minute. They can think of me whatever they want. They can judge me however they want. That is not my problem. It is not my business at this moment. My business is to go into this ring and be of service to my dog, who I put in a kennel and drove to this show and trained and, you know, paid the entry for. So if somebody wants to judge me for what I'm wearing or what I'm doing or how I'm training or how I'm handling, that's totally okay. All right. So we recognize, and I'm sure that you're listening to this thinking, well, yeah, okay, totally. I recognize I can't know what people are thinking. I can't control what people are thinking. Um, I need to give them permission to think what they're going to think. Okay, fine. But why do we care so much? Why is it that we might step to the line worried for even a moment about what other people's opinions of us might be? Well, and I'm sure you've heard this before, and you probably even have thought about it. And, you know, when, when we talk about this, everybody can logically say, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Because often we take somebody's opinion of us, like if they don't just don't like us, to mean that we're unlikable. So if we go to the line thinking, oh, what are they going to think of me? Are they going to think I'm dumb? Are they going to think I, if I don't run this run clean, they're going to think I never can run a run clean. Um, if they don't like me, they don't like how I handle that I'm unlikable. But just because somebody doesn't like what you're doing or who you are, doesn't mean that you're unlikable. It just means you have different preferences. And again, all of this is sort of in the vein of the assumption that we're all doing the work to show up and be our best. We're doing the best we can with our training. We're doing the best we can with our handling. We're doing the best we can to reward our dogs um, and to make progress with our dogs. So. If you're doing your best to improve your training, to improve your handling or whatever, and you're showing up for your dog and you're showing up for other people with your best self, your real self, which you really can't avoid in the ring anyways, and other people don't like that and you can't control it, you just can't control it. So you have to give them permission to to do what they're going to do anyways. So you might as well give people permission to do it because they're going to do it whether you give them that permission or not. And if you're not if you're really struggling to feel like you should be able to control other people's thoughts and opinions of you, it's just a lot of tension and a lot of resistance and a lot of wasted brain energy, a lot of wasted mental energy. So what if people take their opinions of you one step further to criticism? So you walk into the ring concerned about what other people's opinions of you might be, and you walk out of the ring And somebody who saw your run actually comes up to you to voice their opinion. And that's criticism, their negative opinion of you, let's say. Criticism can feel hurtful and we can get defensive about what we view as criticism real quick. And it's important to note that there are a lot of things where if we just would take a moment and realize that whatever that person is saying to us is about them and not us then criticism is a lot less hurtful and we're a lot less likely to get defensive because if 
somebody says something to you and it feels like criticism and you feel injured or you feel like your armor has been pierced, if you get defensive about it in your response, then everybody's just hurting everybody and everybody's just being critical and, and snarky. So when you step into your competition ring, when you step into the competition ring, whether it's, again, a workshop, a seminar, a class, a competition, a run through, and you're out there in the ring by yourself, even if there's an instructor out there with you, you're putting yourself out there. You're putting yourself out there all by yourself and you are 100% going to get criticized. You just are. The competition ring is open ground for that. It's That's what it is. And that's part of why a lot of us feel anxiety about it is that we know fundamentally that we're going to be in there alone, that we can only take our most authentic self in there, that other people are going to see it while we're performing and busy focusing on our dogs and letting our guard down. And we also know that we're going to open ourselves up to criticism. And that happens in real life. And it also happens when you post a video of a run or a training session to social media or YouTube or whatever, you're putting yourself out there and it's fair game for criticism. People cannot like what you're putting out there. They can like what you're putting out there and they have the right to like or not like it. And by putting that stuff out there, you have given them permission to do that. And if you haven't given them permission to do that, remember, they're going to do it anyways, unless you don't share things at all. And so you're going to just have to give them that permission. If you post something on social media, you just have to give permission to people to make whatever comments they will and understand that those comments are about them and not about you. That's just the way it goes. Criticism is somebody's opinion of you or what you're doing or what you're putting out there. And this happens all the time. You can read through comments on a video or a post or something that somebody has posted. You know, maybe it's their opinion about something. And you'll see as you read through the comments that most people's comments in response to whatever the original video or post or whatever was are about them and not anything else. Sometimes they have so little to do with the original post that it's just it's it's laughable almost like were you just waiting for a moment to post something about your experience about something just sort of tangentially related to this but they can do that unless you turn comments off and you can this is one i really think you guys should think about not just for yourself but for others you can listen to just about any conversation between two or more people at a competition and i've noticed this is even worse at big shows or high stakes shows like a tryouts event. If you listen to that conversation, you'll realize that most people aren't even talking with each other. They're not even listening to what the other person is saying. They're just waiting for an opening to talk about their last run or their dog or their issues. It's pretty shocking. If you sit and listen to competitors at a show, most competitors are talking at each other and not having much of a back and forth conversation with each other. And again, it's just it's just evidence that we tend to be so wrapped up in our own minds that any opinion or judgment that we make about others is about us and not that other person. And so any opinion or criticism or judgment that somebody makes about you, it's about them and not you. So we're all just coming at life with our own views and our own opinions. And you just really cannot control that in others. And 
it's just a hot mess. So why would you even want to try to control what's going on in someone else's mind? I know what's going on in my mind most of the time. I assume that's what what is going on in other people's minds is equally a hot mess. And I hardly want any part of it in my own mind. So I for sure don't want any part of it in someone else's mind. And when I think about it that way, I think about it with compassion. I think, oh man, I know how it feels for me to walk to the line and be concerned about other people judging me. I know what it feels like for me to post a video on social media and open myself up to criticism. And I know what a hot mess it is in my mind. So when someone else voices their opinion or their criticism, I'm just going to assume that they've got the same thing going on between their ears, behind their eyes. And I, because I know how it feels, I'm going to respond with compassion and kindness. And that kind of brings me to my next point, which is that if you're willing to be criticized and just move on, and sometimes like on social media, this means just not even replying to comments on social media. You post something, somebody posts a criticism, maybe just don't even reply. Sometimes it means swallowing hard and smiling and moving on at a show with a thank you. Sometimes it means really asking clarifying questions because the criticism is from a coach or an instructor or somebody on your little post-it note, you know, we are most important people in the world. But if you're willing to be criticized and move on and just let it roll off of you and recognize that you aren't really going to be hurt by it unless you allow yourself to be hurt by it, then your options are really going to open up because you'll be able to show up as your real self without worrying so much about what other people think about you. And even more important in the context of sport, of dog agility, you're going to be way more coachable when it comes to seminars, classes, workshops, and et cetera. And if you don't want anyone to have an opinion or a judgment or a criticism, then you have to just not put yourself out there at all. So if you don't put yourself out there, nobody will have an opinion of you. If you put yourself out there, your life is going to be a whole lot better, but also people will have an opinion of you. And if you look at those who are putting themselves out there in any field, whether it's dog agility or maybe they're an actor or an actress or an athlete or whatever, you'll see that those folks have plenty of people who love them, plenty of people who hate them. And then there are a whole lot of other people who just don't bother to speak up with an opinion at all. They maybe don't have one. They don't feel like it's worth voicing their opinion. They're keeping it to themselves, you know, whatever. And when you receive criticism, remember, even if it's valid and constructive criticism, it's not a value judgment on you. Or at least you don't have to take it as such. Um, and that can be a little bit tricky because when somebody criticizes you and you believe it, even if it's just a small part of you that believes it, that's when it really gets tough to ignore. When somebody makes a comment either in person or social media, or you over, even worse, you overhear somebody making a comment about you, and it's something that you believe, whether it's true or not, then it gets really tough to ignore because then you then it sort of validates some of the inner thoughts and feelings that you're having about yourself. And that can be problematic because then you kind of want to hide from that stuff and you don't want to expose yourself. And then you armor up even more. And then it makes going into the ring even harder because you can't take that stuff in the ring with you. So it just gets harder and harder and harder. Um, and then because you are trying to take all that stuff in the ring with you, it's hard to handle with any clarity or keep your eye on your dog with any clarity. And then you fail. And then all those thoughts and feelings that you had about other people's opinions of you sort of get validated 
and then you, you know, it's a real cycle. So anytime you step out your front door, you're going to expose yourself and to other people. And anytime that you expose yourself to other people, um, you're going to, they're going to judge you. We're people. We're just good at it. We we're constantly making judgments. We're constantly trying to categorize. Um, but, but it's about us and other people's criticisms are about them. They're not about you. They're just about them. We all do it. You do it. I do it. We might be trying not to do it, but that's the thing. We have to sort of constantly be trying to not do it because it's just so natural and innate. Um, and it's a survival mechanism. You know, we need to know the good berries from the bad berries, the dangerous creatures from the non-dangerous creatures. So we're just constantly making judgments about things. Often when we receive criticism or hear a negative opinion about us or something that we did, our knee-jerk reaction is that we want to lash out. We want to get back at the source of that criticism. We feel exposed and defensive and we want to punch back. And it's really important to just take a deep breath and remember that it's okay for somebody else to have an opinion of you. It's totally okay. You have opinions about other people. Other people have opinions about you. A lot of our opinions and judgments come from a scarcity mentality. Um, A lot of the times if we are, and I say we because we all do it at least occasionally, um, a lot of the times our negative opinions or our judgments come from that place of scarcity where we're trying to do a little bit of elevating ourselves by tearing someone else down. And so just as you would be compassionate to yourself and hold space for yourself when you're aware that that's happening in your own mind and you're trying to be better about it, you want to be able to be compassionate and hold space for others when they're being critical about you. Because again, it's just what our brains do. So I also want to talk about approval and um, how other people's negative opinions and criticisms are tied into approval and how a lot of us are approval addicts. Um, You know, when we were in school, we were really, we wanted good grades. We wanted the approval of our teachers. We wanted the approval of our parents. And now we want the approval of our peers, of our instructors, of our fellow competitors, of our training partners. We want approval and recognition for clear rounds and ribbons. Um, It's just really easy to get wrapped up in wanting approval. And when we're wanting approval and validation like that, criticism can feel like the opposite of approval. It can feel like rejection. And when you head into the ring and you know full well that some people are going to be critical, just as you might be critical of them, it can be really easy to feel rejected before you even walk in the ring. Um, And then you can start making choices to, to seek approval instead of serving your own values and goals. You might, um, handle a little bit more conservatively to make sure that you run clean so that you get viewed as a consistent team and get the approval of your peers. We want some external validation. And honestly, and I've said this before, that's why a lot of us are in the ring. Um, you know, a lot of people's response is, no, 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 no. I'm going in the ring just to have fun. And I call baloney on that because you could have fun and get plenty of internal validation by just staying home, never competing, 
never stepping foot in the ring when others are watching. You don't have to pay money for it. Um, and so I think it's okay to say that you do want that external approval so long as you remember that it's going to be secondary at best to the approval of the people who we really want to get approval from. And number one is yourself. So number one on my list of people whose approval I'm seeking is my own. I want to be able to approve of what I'm doing. I I want to be able to live up to my internal values and behave with the consistency that will um, be internally um, so that I can behave with internal integrity, which I've talked about before. So it's totally fine wanting approval from others. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. But you also have to make sure that you or that I approve of what I'm doing. And if I don't, change things until I do. So that internal integrity is really important. And if I'm not acting with internal integrity, it's going to be hard to approve of myself. And if I can't approve of myself, then it's going to be really hard for me to believe that anyone else could approve of me. I'm going to be wanting other people to approve of me. I'm going to care about whether they approve of me more because I don't get that from myself. So I'm looking for it from other people. Now, I'm not saying that you should just go around saying that you don't care about other people's opinions and that that gives you license to just be an obnoxious jerk all the time. But what I am saying is that when other people judge you or have a negative opinion of you, that you recognize that it's not necessarily about you, that it may well be about that person and to give them permission and space to make whatever judgments they want and to respond with confidence with who you are while giving other people the space to be who they are. And it's important to remember that um, when people have negative opinions about you, it's about them. And also when people have positive opinions about you, it's still about them. So often when somebody comes up and really praises you for a job well done, it's because you're doing something that aligns with their values. And so they are going to let you know that that was really good. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. We just do it all the time. You just have to recognize that people's positive opinions of you really should not bear a whole lot more weight than people's negative opinions about you, especially random people. Um, It's nice to get positive comments. It's nice for people to say they really enjoyed watching a run. Um, It feels good. Definitely feels a lot better than someone saying, man, that run sucked. Wish I hadn't seen that. Can you imagine? That's such a terrible thing to say to somebody. But even if somebody comes up and says, hey, that was a great run, that's still about them. They might have watched that run and wished they could be that good. They might have watched that run and been really relieved that you pulled off a handling move that they were considering. So even those positive criticism, not criticism, but the positive feedback, the positive opinions that people give about your run or about your performance or about you, it's still about them. And that it's a little hard to look at those two things as equal, um, but but you but it's wise to do that. You know, when people have negative opinions, I can understand that it's not about me. I can see where they're coming from. I can use their opinions to maybe ask myself some questions and dig deep and maybe apply their criticisms and opinions as constructive feedback. But the same is true of people's positive opinions. I can still understand it's not really about me. I can see where they're coming from. Um, I can use their opinions again to ask myself some questions and dig deep and apply those positive opinions as constructive feedback. It's this, it's the same negative versus positive. And yet, especially if we are on social media or 
Um, even when it comes to our opinions about ourselves, we could have a hundred positive opinions and then the whole thing gets laid low with one negative opinion when really all of those opinions are about more about whoever issued them than they are about us. So at the end of the day, when you walk into the ring, remember, however many people are standing around the ring watching, that's the same number of people that are going to have the same number of opinions, differing opinions about what they're about to see. Maybe some of those people will voice those opinions to you. Maybe not. Sometimes people voice their opinions really inappropriately. Like you literally just walked out of the ring and somebody that you don't know comes up to you while you still have your dog and you're still giving your dog cookies and congratulating them. And they say something just, well, that really sucked. You know, something like that. Or boy, don't you wish you had better contacts? You know, just something like that. But that's still about them and not about you. And that, you know, you're busy rewarding your dog. Some of those opinions and criticisms you may want to evaluate and use for your own personal development as a handler, a trainer, instructor, whatever, and others maybe not. But other people's opinions should, about you, should never define your self-worth as a person or as a handler or as a trainer or as an owner of dogs. So the next time you walk into the ring and you are concerning yourself with other people's opinion about you, I want you to... Give those people permission to judge, permission to have their opinions, and just let it go with that. Just like you're giving the judge in the middle of the ring permission to judge you and your dog's performance, you're giving them permission to judge the contacts, you're giving them permission to judge whether or not you have a refusal. You have to give the people who are watching permission and just let it go. There's no need to worry about it. There's no need to feel anxious about it, and there's no need to carry it with you. It's something you can't control, and it's something that you're going to do on the sidelines yourself, most likely. We're all human. We're all really good at making judgments. So those are some of my thoughts on other people's opinions, and I'd really love to hear from you guys on this one. Have you let other people's opinions or criticisms get in the way of your performance in the ring? Um, do you let other people's opinions or, or what you think other people's opinions are keep you from really showing up in the ring with your dog? And how have you learned to overcome those feelings that you have about other people's opinions? Leave a comment at podcast.theagilitychallenge.com forward slash nine, since this is episode nine, and share your thoughts. And if you're an Agility Challenge member, you can log in at www.theagilitychallenge.com and leave comments as well for this episode. And if you have an all-access pass, you can join us for office hours and we can really dig deep live in a live conversation about all of this mental management stuff or training stuff or handling stuff or wherever the conversation may take us. So that's it for today, guys. I hope you have a great rest of your week and a great weekend this weekend. Give people permission, give yourself permission, and respond to that stuff with compassion and kindness, the stuff that's going on in your head and the stuff that's going on in other people's heads. And until the next episode, I will see you guys online. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's podcast and you've got somebody in mind who you're pretty sure could benefit from discussing the things we talked about today, head to the webpage for today's episode, podcast.theagilitychallenge.com forward slash nine and scroll to the bottom. 
you'll see a section that says share the love that has some instructions and links for how to subscribe to and share this podcast and also how to leave a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. I'm a pretty tech savvy person, but even for me, it was a little tricky. So I've included a how to link for you at the bottom of the page. So go ahead and head on over to podcast.theagilitychallenge.com forward slash nine, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review and share it with a friend. Also, you can leave a comment below the episode and let me know your thoughts about what we discussed today. I'd love to hear from you and maybe discuss your thoughts on a future episode. Thanks for joining me on the Agility Challenge podcast with Daisy Peel. If you'd like to take your agility training, handling, and mental game to the next level, check out that ebook that I mentioned at the top of the episode. You can get it for free at podcast.theagilitychallenge.com. It's not for sale anywhere, and it's only available to subscribers of my email list. Getting on board with the right mindset when it comes to your dog agility handling and training challenges is a game changer. So make sure you check it out.